0: Welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin, and I am very excited because today, on the Skype of my phone, I am joined by Paul Schreier. Hello. And Jason Narvi. Booyah. What's up? Who are perhaps best known uh, for their roles as Bulk
1: and Skull from the Power Rangers. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you, Mr. Rubin. Thank you, Nostalgia. Power up. Anyone?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jason uh, played Skull. Paul played Bulk. And uh, here we are years later, not, not only were you guys on Power Rangers, I am to understand that you are
2: actually the two longest-serving cast members of that show. Is that correct? Well, we'd be the number one and number two slot. I have to give the number one slot to Paulie. He has been on longer than I by virtue of Samurai and uh, In Space and a couple of those. But other than that, yes, we're the back, longest. Back of the bus. You, you're You're a terrible Jew. Back of the bus. Uh... <laughs>
1: Power well, you are. Like, you're the worst
2: Jew I know. You're, you're like well, hey, how Jew. can I be so bad? I'm in Sheboygan. You don't get more Jewish than Sheboygan. Well, you are in six. Wisconsin. I'm in Wisconsin and with Sheboygan. So awesome. many goys, oi. Uh, they Pat- put the oi in goy. Hey, Jeff, thanks, <laughs>
1: thanks for having us on the show, man. Um, it's, it's really cool to finally be here. It's so good, uh, good to have you guys
0: on. When you, and When you say samurai, you're talking about, there's like different, every season, almost every season of Power Rangers is like a different theme and you're talking about uh Paul you were on Power Rangers Samurai and Jason
2: you are not that is correct <laughs> Paul you're on Samurai you're enjoying your life and Jason you are oh no that's not what I meant. I just wanted to make sure
1: everyone was on the, well, on hey, the same hey, page you know the season's not over you never know what might happen by the end of the season you Ruben
2: know who could pop up God knows. so how many
0: years have you been on Power Rangers uh Paul you go first
1: well, it's uh, this. This is my eleventh season on the show. God, oh my um, God! Uh, and, uh, as as the goyim flies. However, <laughs> um, if you if we think about chronological time, uh, we both started this gig in nineteen ninety two. Before
2: some of you guys were born. Good lord! I've got jackets, although than some of the you people listening right now. Yeah, but frankly. you know,
1: n- nostalgia. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug, Jason Narvy, because. You know, look, these this fan base, this demographic, is only five years away from reaching their maximum earning potential. Bum bum bum. Oh, which good means Lord. we're gonna start making really terrible collectibles at a poly just like Star Wars and <laughs> and you can spend too much money.
2: That's true. Wait, wait, when did you start being on the show? You said ninety two? Ninety two. Yeah. The, the show started filming like they did the the pilot in what was it, the fall of ninety-two? And then they the, the we actually started shooting principal photography of the show. In, I think, February of 93. That's 20 years ago to do the math good really God, quick. Good God, <laughs> like, Don't do the math. Don't do the math, Scott. Don't do that. Just, just don't.
0: But uh, that's like about, so there must be people who are nostalgic back for, you know, the Mighty Morphin uh, early era of the show, uh, as well as kids that are into the newer ones, too. So it, it's one of those rare things that escaped being just a nostalgia and is uh, still relevant. But think about it this way. Okay,
2: how many shows um, did kids watch that their parents also watched? that were not in reruns. That's the thing. When yeah. in re- or in rehab. Exactly, in rehab. All the kids in rehab are watching Power Rangers now, and their children right now are watching the new Power Rangers. So it's all good, you know? I can't even think of one. I'm struggling to of one. There. I mean, there's probably stuff
0: like Sesame Street. And, yeah, Sesame um, Street.
2: Maybe... I don't know. I'm struggling. I'm well, what struggling. You think about, about? I mean, this. like, what? Have Gun Will Travel was one of those shows that was on. For, oh, Bonanza was on for like twenty years. We're
1: what? What are you talking years. about? The, you're, you're speaking Greek. I, look, all I know is, uh, look, I like Nine Inch Nails and I like uh, Britney Spears.
2: Oh, all the new ones. The kids are loving them, Britney Spears. The kids are loving their nine-inch nails. The kids are in the, into their nirvanas now. You know, they really so like it. Wait a minute. Hey, Rubens,
1: Ru- Ruben, you tell us. Yeah. How, yeah, how, how old are you, is, man? Yeah, how old are you? Like, okay. what does it mean to you? Yeah, like, what, sure. what's the connection there?
0: That's a great question. I am 30, so I was 10 when Power Rangers premiered. And honestly, I think I might have been a little too old for it, but I definitely watched it anyway.
1: Well, uh, that's, that's captive audience marketing, man. It's like 3.30, you're home from school, you're like, heaven help me. I was talking yeah, to yeah. some of my friends
0: uh, who are a few years younger than me, and they were like, yeah, I was a little too old for Power Rangers. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck well, I, you too.
1: <laughs> you know, look, I, I played with my Star Wars action figures until my my dad literally, like, stole them and sold them when I was, like, visiting my mom one time. And so I, I came back, and Princess Leia, and, you know, like, they were all gone, and, and like, I, I, had the, I had these alliance wars set up between dude, the, that dude, was There's horrible.
2: nothing. there's nothing better than being the oldest kid playing the game. I don't care what the hell the game is. You get to decide what character you are. You can kick all the other kids' ass because, you know, you're, like, 15 years older than the rest of them, you know? So hey, Ruben, do you
1: have any sibs? Do you have any siblings? No, just me. Well, you know, and and oh, that explains
2: it. And, you know, see, see, I mean,
1: Jason, Jason had a couple of siblings, but they could they could have gave two pence for his, you know, for his thing. Like he was, he essentially was a lonely child, and 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 and, I, and I'm an only child. And you're only child, it's kind of like living in Alaska. You know, hey, got a board game? Doesn't matter. You're alone.
2: Mm, yeah. Well, there's video games. There's video games. That's video- true. Yeah, it does, not you know, unless you're the kind of kid that, like, you are bad at absolutely everything, and video games are just another way to remind you that you can be humiliated on a daily basis. <laughs> Thank you for bringing up my past. <laughs> what if let's, you're bad at everything except video games? What is that Let's count not for? talk about net play,
1: okay? Because, look, n- network play is, is terrible. Like, I like PlayStation 1, me, Solo, I'm alone, I'm playing PS1. What
0: is that- that's only That's right. only child syndrome, right there. Totally, man. <laughs> so wait, let's go back a little bit. Okay. How did you guys end up on Power Rangers? Did you know each other beforehand?
2: No, no. no. So,
0: so what was that audition process like?
2: Uh, well, uh, Paulie, well, he was he was there before I got there. Okay, and so they were they were pairing me up to him, you know. Uh, and to give you you want the long boring answer or the short boring answer? I would love <laughs> the long boring answer. <laughs> All right, Paulie, do you want to start off then with, with how you ended up being a staple on the show?
1: Welcome to VH1 Behind
2: the Idiot. Behind the Morons. Go on. Yeah. No. Okay, so... So basically, here's how it worked. Okay, in the original uh, pilot for the show, okay, that never aired, there was uh, basically no Balkan skull. There was a bunch of bullies. Bullies one, two, and three. Polly was bully number three. Polly had such a great role that actually, when they had to go back and redub his words because they were filming in a bowling alley, you couldn't hear a damn thing he said. They actually had somebody else redub Pauly's lines. So in the original <laughs> pilot, Pauly didn't even really have a line. But what he did have was a, uh, a, a witty rapport with one of our producers and writers Tony Oliver, okay Paulie had a background in theater. Paulie was one of the only i don 't say that he was a great actor okay, and he knew how to do his comedy, but he was he was cast as a bad guy okay and, the,
1: and then the same thing kind of came into play when Narvi came in um, for the audition when they realized that they really didn 't want any of the other punks they just kind of wanted to do Laurel and Hardy thing. And so when when I mean Narvi was I believe the very first candidate that they saw for the quote sidekick role, and and it was it was like it was love at first moron like seriously, <laughs> yeah. well because you know that strong theater background and plus he was covered in motor oil and had just uh, delivered a few parts for the Ford <laughs> Motor Company, and his uh, what, what was Marilyn a
2: Chevelle? What was she? No 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 Marilyn was a uh, 1968 Cougar Mercury I'm s- Cougar. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. Oh, how very apt. I never thought about it. She was a cougar. Mm-hmm. No, think about it. Wait,
0: what are we talking about right
2: now? Well, we're, oh. Oh, sorry, we're talking about
1: Narvi's old car when he showed up to his first audition for the show, like covered in oil because he had just delivered some used auto parts for his, jo- for his job.
2: Yeah, I was working as a Ford parts driver, and I was doing auditions in my spare time. And so they, they they sent me on this audition after delivering parts all day, and I was already bitter and broken and in a bad mood. I'm like, I'm going to be a complete prick. And, punk rock, man, uh, punk rock. Total punker. And they hooked me up with Paulie who, when I walked in I, and I saw him, he looked like a badass. I mean, he really did. He was intimidating. But he came up, and he was – I mean, pretty much his first words were, how you doing? Let's get to work you know they didn't have a good script for us so they they let pauly and i basically go play together for about 2 hours and you guys had never
0: met before in your lives
1: nope no and we nope. had but, but we did have a very like a rabidly strong appreciation for physical theater i mean you know if you want to get stupid about it you can think about you know the real derivative stuff like bulk and skull Gilligan and skipper lenny and squiggy but mm. but really it's laurel and hardy and, and and we were really fortunate to have that mutual dialogue that was already established before we even met each other. And, and so look during that little hour and a half or two hours that we had to work it out, um, we basically created a very brief nonverbal uh, kind of dialogue with yeah. each other where it would be me going Ger and him going. You know? Yeah. So you know. it, was, it, it worked out really good and it was instant it, it was instant success for moment one.
2: I like that. We didn't recognize each other's faces, but we spoke the same language. Yeah, fat and skinny. And it probably goes <laughs> back even
0: further than Laurel and Hardy. Uh, you know, it's oh. almost like a Commedia dell'arte type thing, where there's just these art, these stereotypes, these archetypes.
1: Yeah, well, oh, Narvi God. obviously is the classic melancholy, and I, the sanguine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're broken skull, and that role of comic relief was that always part of the plan for the show or was that something where they saw you and they liked your performance and uh they were like we can use this to kind of counterbalance the show
2: a little a, a little a, a little more of B. I mean, they, they didn't know exactly what to do with the comedy. Bulk and Skull were only in about five or six episodes, actually. In so the they thought a lot. Yeah, the first yeah. 40 initially, right. In the- yeah, exactly. And so what they did is they put a lot of the comedy on the Power Rangers. Like they'd morph and something would go wrong and they land in the command center and they all fall on each other. Oof, oof, oof. Uh, and they all, all, also expected there was going to be a lot of comedy uh, with them at the juice bar. And Ernie, okay. Hey, hey Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly, don't do it. Don't do it. Kimberly. I remember do it. Ernie. Ernie's the guy that runs the restaurant, like the the that's right. the
0: bar, the Max that
2: you guys all hang out at.
0: That, that's right. The
2: late great Richie Ginelli, man, God and he's rest his soul. May God rest his soul, man. And 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 he was a funny guy, but it didn't work with the Power Rangers. They had to be heroes, you know. They wanted him to look up to it. So after a few um, episodes, Jaime Saban actually saw the footage of Pauline. and and he said, I quote, and. I apologize if this is a uh, PG-13 show, but he said, these guys are fucking morons. I want them in every show. And I then they went them. back... I love those guys. Do that love, Do that love, Polly. Do that laugh. Do that, laugh. <laughs> no, that is beautiful. To, to always do that love, But you will not get the raise. So <laughs> so they went back and they reshot uh, half the season but, and, yeah. and, and put... Hulk and skull scenes in every damn show that must have been exciting at the time
1: well you know that was that was the uh that was the uh the, the you know the punk rock girl phase we call it because <laughs> we we got to truly be like your worst archetypical bullies you know I mean it, it, and it, and so we were mean and we were belittling and we were like making fun of the dweebs kind of like you Ruben. and hey. hey hey you dorks you know what I mean it's like it's so easy but, it, but however Usually most TV gigs, man, they only last like (laughs) a year, you know, but you're lucky. But but this show was was like was like a a loping Japanese zombie back from the dead with new (laughs) and improved, you know, new and improved comedy because there are characters do not appear in the Japanese show. And so it was a challenge every year to find a new kind of reinvented tack for us. We're we are, uh, junior cops. We're, you know, we're French waiters. We're, you know, we're mimes. We're, yeah. you know, what, what are we this year? Detectives, you know, you name it. Yeah.
0: I want to go back to something you said, though, because this is something I don't know that everyone understands about Power Rangers. Uh, it is based on a Japanese show and a great deal of the footage is from that Japanese show, right? Am I explaining this oh, correctly?
1: Yeah. Well, it's, it, it's kind of more than a great deal. I mean, it is directly based upon our Japanese predecessors from two seasons or or at worst, one season ago. let's Let's all give the shout out to Tomi, uh sorry, sorry, Toy, because you guys, um all of you, all you punks, all you young punks, you like you think it's nostalgic for you. This show has been on the air in Japan since I was a little boy, and when, it just aired in 1972.
2: First, yeah, I remember when we first started with Power Rangers, that show was already 20 years old. And I remember us saying, oh my god, come on. Oh, it's never going to work. No, it'll never work. Ah, 20 weeks
0: if we're lucky, for god's sakes.
2: 20 years later, good god.
0: But wait, yeah, but- that is one show that Power Rangers is based on, and that show keeps evolving to involve ninjas or dinosaurs or samurais or whatever the
2: theme for that exactly. season is? Every year. Every year they, they have complete turnover. They clean house. People, uh, they got very angry when we got rid of the original Rangers. Well, we kept the original Rangers lineup. At, I mean, we, we kept the original costumes for like four, three years, something like that. We kept the original lineup nearly two years, three yeah. years. That's much longer than they ever did in Japan. So <laughs> we kept, we kept, we kept our, our, our original cast
1: for as long as we could. And that was a real departure from the Japanese show. Only yeah. about after five or six years did they did they want to return to the paradigm of new dorks, new robots every year. Yeah.
2: Except for, and, except for <laughs> Vulcan Skull. <laughs> except for Vulcan Skull. Because they didn't know what they were going to do with the, with the comedy. That's the thing, you know. They, I, I'm sure they wanted to get rid of us more than we would, care to realize. But, you know, they didn't know what they were going to do with the comedy. Hey, <laughs> Jeff.
1: Did, Jeff, did you ever stumble across the show during the Disney years?
0: Uh, maybe. I mean, I've... Definitely seen it. I'd be lying if I said I was a regular Power Rangers viewer for 20 years, but I was always aware it was still on, and you know, vaguely curious about what, what was happening with it. I don't. I'm not sure when the Disney years were, though. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> there, there were about <laughs> that's that on or, purpose.
1: Exactly, there were seven or eight of them, and 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 Disney was really confident in their casting, and so and and the actors were were quite good. However, you can't climb a mountain that hasn't been written. So the actors often suffered from, you know, from the schedule-driven um, weakness of the comedy in the scripts. And and so, you know, they didn't have the the comic relief characters in the show during those years. You and, guys were not there. Yeah, yeah, because Narby no, had decided not, and that's, he, needed a, he needed a PhD. But <laughs> how does that work just mechanically? How do you – sorry, there's like a loud noise now. That is an oh, RF. Great. Yeah. That is RF interference of some nature. Yeah, that's that's,
2: that, that, that's me being at Starbucks, and it sounds like there's a vacuum cleaner going on. Tell you what, that's what I'll do. Tell you what, let me step outside. Me yeah, step take your, outside your laptop the outside
1: the
0: street. Let's see how this goes. That'll be. Yeah, let's see how this works out. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I hear, so, I hear here we some go.
1: Wisconsin go. Public Radio. Hi, thank you for listening to Wisconsin Public Radio. Hi, ah, uh, Wisconsin
2: Public Radio. Okay, here we go. Now I'm out on the street. Is that better? It is better. Oh, it's awesome, m- because it's... Like, five degrees outside. So that's it's awesome. a man-on-the-street interview now. Is it cold <laughs> outside? Well, you know, for me, I'm from California, so of course it's freaking cold. You know, But it's, o- it's only like, you know, it's like 45, you know. It's not so bad.
1: So, you know, Jeff, like, a- after 20 years, we uh, we recently did the Power Morphicon convention for the, the third biannual uh, g- gathering of the dorks, as we call it, and we're two of them. And it was so cool to see all of our old friends, all of these diehard super fans, and there are some super duper fans out there. And we're, and we're really realizing there's this kind of, you know, the skinny tie comes back in every decade or two. And so, yeah. you know, we, we, there's, a, there's the next few years that we are the skinny ties, or at least one of us is the skinny guy. <laughs> oh, I like that. Actually, we have a really big announcement. Um, I I I don't know if you know this, Ruben, but this is Bulk and Skull World Tour 2013.
0: What is that? What's Bulk and Skull World Tour 2013?
1: Well, it's 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 nostalgia power up. You know, it it is it is us traveling the country, going to comic book, toy, and anime conventions. And meeting a bunch of the people that were so kind as to wait through all of that kung fu just for a little good slap shtick. And so we we are going to be traveling the country in the next twelve months, and uh, and we're going to be at a lot of events. And you'll have to uh, keep your eye on our Facebook so you can see where you can find us. And if you don't see your city in our schedule, then you have to like do a stalker thing and like you know call up the people running your <laughs> local convention and tell them that you have to have us.
2: Say, I need my Vulcan skull. It was very slapsticky,
0: what you guys did for the show. Uh, and you were talking about how when you first auditioned or when you guys first met, that you were just coming up with stuff. Was that how it worked on the show, or was that uh, tightly scripted?
2: Was that we came up with stuff? No, 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 no. It was loosely scripted, and we were kind of the uh, cheese whiz that held the sandwich together. You know what I'm saying? I mean— uh, What kind of sandwich is that?
1: It was a big bird
2: sandwich is what it cheese,
1: was. Cheese tur <laughs> Cheesy turdy. But, you know, I mean, it varied. It kind of ran the gamut, Jeff. It, 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 like, there were some bits that, by their very nature and the skill of the writers, and there are some of our writers were really, really great.
2: Yeah.
1: And But, and, like, when you work for Saban, it's a it's a trial by fire. Like, there is a certain, there is a Saban way right, when you're working on the show. Like, Chaim wanted to see a certain type of coverage from the director's he wanted a certain type of actor playing the roles and he was very set and very cool with us. And so he wanted us in there, but um, the, the writers, because of the schedule, you know, because of the deadline driven nature of television, sometimes we just got the shaft, man. You know what I mean? It's like, like, we, we would get wacky, you know, Easter Bunny costumes, but they were covered in – they were, like, pin-laden because the costume department didn't have enough time to actually yeah. make a bunny costume for a fat guy, which is unrentable because it doesn't exist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, in some ways, we suffered from our own success. I mean, I think that, the, you know, sometimes the writers would be like, oh, I'll do this, and, you know, they will make it funny. That That's what they will do. That is their job.
1: That's um, the- and- I mean that's where we ended up, right Narv? I mean yeah. but, but you know there was, there was guys like Sperling and I mean a, a few of the writers like really had the, the had the the zeitgeist of it and, and and they were and they were really able to put us into scenes and give us and here we go right back to acting one oh one Narv.
2: Yep, yep, Get give us the objectives. Dr. Narvi, right? Wait, I mean, because
1: Jeff, without an objective, the idiots are just morons. Yeah. But, but if you give them, and this, you know, look at the Stooges, look at the Three Stooges, you know what I mean? It's like w- every uh, episode is them with the, oh we got to get a job. You know what I mean? It's like whatever – like they were lucky that they never had an episode where there was no objective. Unfortunately, that was not always the case with us. Occasionally, we would show up anomalously and just be like – Well, that's um,
2: the thing. Sometimes – I mean think about the whole thing about the power – I think the second season in some ways was the most flattering and exciting because we're like, oh, we have a super objective well we had a super objective but a super objective going back to freaking Stanislavski you can't play just a super objective you need smaller objectives in a scene that gives you enough that you could attempt something to achieve that objective and either succeed or fail with Bulk and Skull you always fail so right. they give you something too big you, you literally are falling in space like Pauly said but if they give you something small Pauly and I could be at our best and that's where the great act, uh, uh, directors and writers came in is they would find small little things that we would have to um, uh, uh, unwind in within the shot, you know the old uh, as you always like to say, Paul, like the, the penny glued to the the sidewalk and all know, to mean, pick I, it up. Look, I love that gag
1: because it is the it is the quintessential boil down of it doesn't matter where you put it, that gag works. You know, like and that doesn't even really need any a plot line connection. Now, right. at, at its best, we were connected with the a plot line characters. We had the very you know minimal relationships. Obviously, Skull had a little bit more of a minimal relationship with a Kimberly. Hey. Um, but, but, but you know, th- thank God I, I had such a great and talented partner to work with um, because, I mean, there's nobody better. Like, way to go, Felix Ryan. I mean, Jason Narvey. Oh,
2: I don't like this, this, this fat man <laughs> <who> <laughs> put me on the radio. I don't know what this man is doing. This man is talking about objectives and super objectives, my tactic, the rising action of the plot. What is this? Guys, I'm going
0: to level with you. I do not know who you are talking about. Anymore.
1: <laughs> That's all right. Well, Felix Ryan plays Jason Narvi, Skull's son. Oh, son. Spike. I'm, Spike is my little bastard. That's I, what he is. I've done some hey.
0: research. Uh, I've done some research in the past few days. Yeah, Spike is your son. It's Skull's son. Who mm-hmm. bulk is now training in the ways of the samurai?
2: There you go, correctly. you, you, Jeff Rubin, you have stepped into a larger world by doing your research and knowing exactly what the world is and how it comes together and how we are all, how, um, how you say, interrelated. Um, oh, in uh,
1: you're like you're like Soto Voce, the, the, the the Russian thief. I, Soto Voce, I, Russian I thief. I also <laughs> want to go back to that
0: uh, that super objective you were talking about because if I'm not mistaken, yeah. I know what that is too. That's uh, ah. in the second season. You guys were trying to uncover the identity of the Power Rangers, right?
2: That's right. That is absolutely right. You know, and again, it's this this giant black hole that, in an episode to an episode, you have you know basically just shtick. Here, it's it's a big thing that they'll never achieve and therefore fail the end of 30 minutes that's that, that. that's you know that was fun but then when they put us in the p- police academy somehow now we had more objectives in a scene by scene basis and that's also about the time that they figured out we needed a third person we needed a mo as opposed to just uh you know i guess curly and jump i don't know um but well, they but- gave us a and that was they, Lieutenant Stone. That was Lieutenant Stone, exactly. And what they found was that if you gave us a, a, a third person, a third antagonist, above the already wacky antagonist, Bulk and Skull, you had someone that was always pushing them to those smaller objectives mm-hmm. and giving us those smaller moments where you can make shtick really funny.
0: I think but, it's kind of cool, though, that over the years, Bulk and Skull have this arc where they start out as bullies and they start out as mean and they're... Um just kind of punks, I guess. Really, kind of shitheads, frankly. And then uh, over the over the years, they uh, they really gain a sense of responsibility, and they work for the police force, and uh, eventually become like decent guys who, even from time to time, help out the Power Rangers. Yes. Yeah, we, was that fun yeah, to play that arc over the years.
1: Yeah, the thirty seconds we got to kick ass and countdown to destruction. Yes,
0: I watched oh, Countdown to Destruction uh, j- again just this week. Uh, you know, gotta give. Huge ups to the Morphin Grid wiki. I did a lot of great research, and uh, it mentions that that's, like, a big episode for you guys, so I I checked it out. And that one is awesome. That episode is great. It's, like, um, I guess, like, all is lost, and, like, society has fallen apart, and, like, the villains have won, and the Angel Grove government has failed, and people are, like, (laughs) gathering around campfires Red Dawn style. It's Uh, dark. It's very dark. And then you guys are like, no, the Power Rangers have always been they've never let us down before they'll be back and then at the end there's a like the villains want the power rangers and they'll leave earth and it's this thing and right before the power rangers give themselves up you guys kind of pull like a spartacus move and you're like i am the blue ranger and like lead society in turning the tide against these aliens See,
2: that's the thing when you have the people that are already heroic doing heroic things who gives a fuck you want the hey, guys hey, hey i'm what? right here don't don't curse at me oh i'm sorry paul i'm on nickelodeon Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Okay, oh, hell, Oh crap. Oh, I didn't want to be a nun anyway. Look, <laughs> when well, it's the guys that are the downtrodden already, the guys that don't have the strength, that find the strength to do the right thing. I mean, they don't even have a moral compass, let alone the physical strength to do this, and yet they step up to the plate. That's something we can identify with. And I think... So, you... who, who, hey, Narvi, who directed that? Florentine? Who, who, who directed that, that? No, that, that wasn't the... Isaac. That was... Um... Uh, Kui- Kuichi? It may have been Koichi, I think. Maybe Koichi and uh, Yonatan? Oh, but, I don't know. If but you
1: know, the, the the fact is, like, the whole Spartacus thing, that was in the script. But the part where we got to actually kill some cogs in a three second fight scene cogs are kind of like the latter day putties. Correct yes. them enough. People that are trying to follow but, along. But, yeah. that, but that wasn't. And, and we were like, dude, this. Is this is th- this is the penultimate? This is the end of the arc for us. Like we can die fat and skinny and happy if you'll just let us <laughs> kick ass for one minute, just one minute. And 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 the producer was kind enough to let us rock it.
0: Yeah, you guys like kind of toss around. I thought you were going to get morphin coins at the end or something. It was getting but pretty. I got to
2: say, though, I mean, you know, what do you think about it? There, <laughs> there was many times in, in season one where, you know, way back in season one, even though we were loving being the bullies, where, where we were like, maybe one day we will be the, the the heroes and the Power Rangers. Thank God that never happened. Yeah, Thank well, you know, to the look, end.
1: every every time a fan brings that up to me, man, you should be the the, the brown chicken sh- 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 grooving ranger, you know, uh, like, no, I, I don't. Chicken grooving to- ranger? Well, you know, I mean, in in the samurai, in the sam- in the Super Samurai season, there's like one episode where there's like wacky, you know, the standard, you know, Ju Kaku Maku Saku Ranger, where they have the anomalous, a uh, you know, fifth or sixth character that comes in. It's a, an old woman or a fat guy or you know what I mean or somebody with one leg, you know. And they come <laughs> in and and they and they turn into a ranger for one episode. And it's it's like a profile in courage. It's like Anton Apollo Ono. Oh, he wow. I, not kick ass, but he probably will let's watch you know, so um so but but the the fact is, if you become a ranger, uh face it, you're gone, man you later
2: Rangers is your
1: r- see ya exactly you're so, you're leftovers you're putting in the fridge like Walt disney so and so I'm very <laughs> 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 boop, boop. <laughs> I'm very pleased to have never become a ranger because um. At least there's always something to aspire to, and, and why, would I be one of, why would I want to be one of those dweebs?
0: That sounded like the real bulk coming out. Was there a, a, a part of this show, like a phase of this arc that was the most fun
2: for you guys to play? Oh, because, I mean, there's fits and starts, and it always depends on what, which director we're working with, I think, and which script we have. Um, uh, you know, I I, I I, don't know about you, Paulie. I mean, I kind of really find that, that I loved... The the detective stuff. The more I think about the detective stuff, I think I like that stuff the most.
1: Well, at least at least you got to get a little smarter. I mean, uh, us mutually got to get. Yeah. Well, you 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 did. (laughs) You know, actually, you know, in that season, Jason, that is when that's when the fulcrum kind of turned, and 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 you were finally able to. I mean, really, finally able to you know deploy your massive arsenal of acting talent. And we kind of traded roles a little bit. Like I was still, I still had like that, that that you know, surety of my idiocy. Right. But you were actually growing up, you know. Oh, as, that's true. As a character in that season, and but you know, I mean, honestly, I'm, I, I that was my first thought too, Narf. But uh-huh. I, I, I like, I like
2: kicking old ladies in the street. So
1: punk rock, uh, MNPR all the way.
2: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the thing. I go back and forth. It's because the, the, the first season, I think that's what the characters are. I mean, with any damn character, you kind of find a moment that's a touchstone. Hamlet and the Skull, you know. Lear raging against the storm. Bolken hey. hey. Skull.
1: Hey. Say hey. yes. Hey. Yes. Do that laugh. Do that laugh. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Wait, I wanted to hear what the, uh, what the Hamlet and the Skull moment was for Vulcan Skull. What's what Skull's Skull?
2: Skull, Skull is the pie baby sitting there with that pie. Alas, <laughs> poor whipped cream. I know where this <laughs> Son of a bitch should be going. Sha.
1: Hey, did, not What about the Mozart thing? Like, like. Oh, what? You're kidding me. Like Skull is a classically trained pianist. I know. And, and, what, are you and, and I, a what? What about my? I'm pianist? sorry. Whoa. Whoa. And, 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 and of course, my characters in the audience going, man. I don't even know this guy. He's like a stranger to me.
0: <laughs> that happened. Did you guys watch Breaking Bad? That happens on Breaking Bad this season, where like um, well, one, yeah. one of the guys who is Jesse's friend—I can't think of his name right now—but one of like Jesse's meth head friends, just like randomly out of nowhere, you see he's like a piano prodigy. Just like one scene opens with him playing the piano. Is that what happened on the sh- on Power Rangers? It is. Yeah,
1: it, Ruben, it's just like that because face it, there's only seven original plot lines in the universe, and it's all about chop it drop it, I put the story down, flip it and reverse it.
2: Amen. And that's the thing, you know, when you think about the Spartacus I... <laughs> moment the Spartacus moment is like is, is really sort of the, the flip side of Bulk's coin, more than Skull, okay? Bulk is a guy that needs to command the world he needs to make the world move Skull just needs to find a little crevice where he can, you know, kind of slither into like an eel and occasionally pop out to bite something Sycophant uh, <laughs> He's a Sycophant <laughs> You know? So 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 skull being in the fan of the opera is perfect. Bulk as the, the advocate for Spartacus, I forgot what the character's name was in the original Spartacus. That is Bulk. That is his ultimate moment right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that was like that was uh 15 years ago. So yeah. um <clears throat> ever since
1: then, it's been a very slow, lazy roll downhill.
0: And that was the episode Countdown to Destruction. What was the deal with that episode? It seemed like a very big one. Zordon sacrifices himself and like his like time juice like cures all the bad guys
2: or something yeah you know i mean that's the thing i i think this kind of goes back to them playing with demographics okay and and i don't know this paul you always have a really good insight on on what they were thinking as far as this goes we they were always really 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 adamant about keeping the demographic between uh what was it three and eleven basically okay and then chip lynn at this point oh no sorry he was going by judd lynn Judd, Um, judd actually was was looking forward to uh, Power Rangers in space and saying, you know, this should be kind of a Star Trek for kids, not not you know, kind of schlocky cheesiness. And so I th- I suspect that a lot of that had to do with Judd. Um, uh, trying to make it a more serious and trying to bump that demographic up to a more tween, even though the tween demographic wasn't acknowledged at that point, uh, more between and teen market. I'm not sure though. What do you think, Paulie? Well, I mean,
1: you're you're right. I mean, you know, like I said, Chaim had a very particular and and at that point, Fox had a very particular idea of both their audience and 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 the show they wanted to make. However, when your kids' show is on for six years, the the 11 year olds are growing up, man. Yeah. And, and and you have to evolve the story. So I think what 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 Judlin did, and what and what Jonathan Jonathan Sakhor was really behind him too. Like they yeah, they, yeah. they they realized you have to evolve not just um, the the basic ethic conundrums in the show, uh, you know, beyond the you know international food fair, you know, um, you know, into something that okay, maybe it shouldn't be suburbia, you know, like a Wolverine, you know, the Red Dawn, you know, on the street, but. He, like we we
2: definitely. Uh oh. Uh oh. Is for dinner? Uh oh, I lost you. Are you there? Oh, we're yeah. here. We're here. There you go. Sorry about that. That was very odd. Like like a semi drove by. It must have belonged to the CIA or something. Because suddenly all of a sudden I'm here. Arabs over it star about this. And then I hear Paul going, Darby, did you have eggs for breakfast?"
1: So, so you know, at, at, at the end of the day, at the and that, why I believe my friends was the was right at the end of our in space season, where we got to finally kick ass on Astronema. I mean, she's a beautiful villain. Gotta love her, but she had to go. And yep. and it, it was it was nice to evolve that a little bit. And and of course, the next season was far less inspiring and. Very soon thereafter, Mister Narvia uh, took his leave of me and uh, went to college. Yeah.
0: How old were you guys when you started the
2: show? Uh, I was still eighteen, and so Paul, you'd be twenty-one. Correct.
0: That must have been exciting to be eighteen and on this hit television show.
2: Good God! Of course it was. I mean, it, it's what you dream dream of. And in some ways, you know, I was so realistic about when I, you know, when I thought I would become a working actor on a regular basis. I thought it would be when I was, you know, in my mid to late 20s. I'm not a beautiful man. I was not a beautiful <laughs> young guy. <laughs> so I'm like, well, when I'm old enough I'll do the character roles. Uh, and then I, then I got Power Rangers and so I'm like well, now what? Uh, but that was exciting. It's 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 what you want. If you want to be an actor, and if you're in Los Angeles you want to be an actor. There's no other way to sort of become royalty. This whole Horatio Alger thing in California means you show up to Hollywood with your makeup cape and your, your headshot and you... On the pavement till someone gives you that big break. Yeah, now, no, so, I, w- so,
1: like we we really respect people that follow their dreams and 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 come from Nebraska to, to do their thing because quite a few of our fellow castmates um they they lived that dream. They they were back home and they had outlived the personalities and exhausted the patience required for local community theater or college and 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 they uh, they ditched their fiancés and uh, and rolled to California and were successful. And so, um, gang, just because you're 25 or 28 or 30 doesn't mean that your dreams are out of reach. Never let anyone tell you that you can't dream and do what you want to do, because the quantum field is right there for the pushing.
2: Go rock it! Well, that's the thing. If you decide this is what you want to do, you know this is the only thing that I am made for. Then you you throw yourself at it full force. When you're young, why not? You know, and sure, and sure, sure it's your- hard, but so what. Dude, to your point, Narv, you know, if
1: you live in Los Angeles or New York, you're a maroon if you don't do it, if you got a face like this. You know, like if you are so strongly typed or your body is just so slamming that.
2: that Like Paulie's.
1: Exactly. Like like if like I needed to be dancing hip hop, like it was in my soul, <laughs> but you know, so it, the, it's almost a, it's an antisocial contract. Like you have got to get off your ass and go and do it. If you live in a major market and, oh and, the, and, and you have it so much better. You New York kids,
2: you crazy New York oh my kids with your, with your colorful tennis shoes. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? There's so much great performance in, in New York. You know, it, it was one of those deals that, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, you know, that there's the film industry, which is really, really, really hard to break into. New York, you think, oh, Broadway's the only game in town. Hell no! There's great, uh, you know, performance on every damn street corner in New York. There's a thousand great theaters in the New York area, all up and down the eastern seaboard, for God's sakes. If you want to act, it's a place it's, to be.
0: Isn't that true, though, even in L.A. with video? You know, like, you can't be in movies necessarily, but I'm sure there's all sorts of interesting Uh, Short films and internet videos being made like that, there's opportunities all over the place.
2: There certainly is now, dude.
1: It's a desktop revolution. If you don't, if you're not getting what you want, go make it yourself. Because, I mean, Narvi, how many times have we done Hamlet? I mean, please, oh, dude,
2: yeah, exactly. Come on, we've
1: done Hamlet, Jeff, we've done Hamlet like four times or something. It's like, like, seriously,
2: when you have to say. Like, when you're talking about Hamlet, and you're like, the time that we did Hamlet when, no, the other time, you know you've done it too much. No, the other, other time? No, the other, other time, Pauly. No, 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 the second time, the time when you had the feathers. You guys really did
0: put on a performance of Hamlet?
2: No, two, or three. Or three. (laughs) Seriously.
0: You guys guys have put on several performances of Hamlet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The 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 first time I was Claudius, he was Laertes and directed. The second time he, he I
2: directed, no, wait. Well, yeah. No. Wait. Yeah. No. You directed was the second time. Right. Um I did layer again on that one. And then is it th- just you two? No. no.
0: <laughs>
2: no. The other power. Um, the other Power Rangers are there too. Well, um, Catherine Sutherland was. Catherine C- Sutherland C- was. C- um. Yeah. Um. Uh, Lord Ed was there. Um. He was. He was. Uh. uh we. We decided because. Well, because Paulie was directing and. We had the money to fund the damn thing our, out of our own pocket. We decided we were going to do it the way we wanted to. And Pauly is an epic guy. He's an epic motherfucker. I'm sorry. I know you're on Nickelodeon, but for God's sakes, Pauly, take the credit. You're an epic motherfucker. So he wanted his Hamlet to be epic and big and lots of swords. And so he decided on a sort of Asian war Hamlet, is what we'd call it. He wanted Hamlet, like the kingdom uh, uh, of Denmark, to actually he wanted actually the castle of Elsinore to be under siege. So we got.
1: Right. So you take Fortinbras and all of his Norwegian jerks and, and, and you don't you don't like displace the war into some like, you know, distant, horrible uh, long scene that needs to be cut. You you make it, you know, cannon blast and, and shaking walls and breaking glass. And and that raises the stakes for everybody automatic.
2: Absolutely.
0: Was there any comedy uh, in this performance?
1: <laughs> Only from Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, <laughs> and and we we we, we hired um, a Roger who is a seven foot four inch tall guy who actually yeah. was a, a grip literally on the a show. Sh- yeah, and, he was and, a guy and, that
2: like when they needed something that was up high, they didn't feel like getting a ladder. They just get Roger, and he just take he literally would change a light. You know, so we we found two
1: guys that he were sounds more, good, dude. He was awesome. He was he like, was. It, the, they were more Bulk and Skull than Bulk and Skull. Like, Art Canet, the guy that played uh, Rosencrantz, oh, God, hilarious. So, yeah, there was comedy, but it wasn't us.
2: Yeah, it wasn't us.
0: <laughs> Is that fun for you to get away from that?
2: Yeah, it's funny, you know, especially as young actors, you know, you always see guys that play that do comedy, you know, when they're young, they want to be serious when they get older. I mean, think of Joe Pescopo. you know, for God's sakes. So it's fun to get away from it, but then... I, you know, I found the past few years doing a lot of stage. I got stuck. I wasn't doing a lot of comedy. And I, miss, I started missing comedy like nobody's business. So you always want what you don't have. You know what I'm saying? If so you're making true. a living taking pies, you're going to want to, you know, do your art by, you know, giving a little of iambic pentameter and vice versa. <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> Are there any scenes or specific episodes that you guys remember filming that stand out as particularly memorable or were particularly a highlight for you? Ooh.
2: Well, yeah. Anytime I got to wear a bra, oh man, which was a lot, a lot, a or lot. Like, I think we were we were in drag like five times, right? They, lo- they loved it because they knew that it got on our nerves, and the the more angry it made us, the funnier it was to everybody else. So like, put them in drag. I don't know what to do this one. It needs to be funny. You guys also
0: did like a lot of it's a lot of slapstick, a lot of like physical action. Was there one that was particularly demanding?
2: Um, you know, I do, I do seem to recall one and I don't remember which episode it was. We filmed up at Bronson caves where we had to do backfalls from above the camera and have to flip onto our backs. And for whatever reason, they put us up on platforms and we started off like 10 feet up and would flip onto our backs. And it wasn't until years later, I'm like, why the hell did we do that? That was completely uncalled for. They couldn't see our faces because we're bulk and skull.
1: And then you make no-name actors do their own stunts. I mean, what good are they? What good are they to you if they don't?
2: I just thought they would. I don't know, break our necks and then you know have to replace us. And Lord, Semantics. Well, I guess were chicks. Some Fat and skinny guys on every corner. Hey, I'm
1: anti-semantic, and that didn't really matter to me. <laughs> Also, a lot of gross food stuff. Oh, a lot of oh, just
2: like mayonnaise. Oh, there's one where we had a where, where this was, I think, first season um, where we I had to put uh, like way too much. What was it? Oh no, it was supposed to be mayonnaise on Paulie's back instead of um, instead of uh, suntan lotion. But instead of mayonnaise, like oh, we can't do mayonnaise. That's disgusting. Here's two quarts of yogurt. Put that on his back. <laughs> that was nasty. <laughs> That was that. But the good thing about food gags is that the food doesn't go away after use. It kind of sticks around for the rest of the season, or two seasons, or three seasons. We could enjoy yeah. a sandwich in the yeah. fourth season that was schlepped on us on the first season.
1: Yeah, it's so true because, you know, I mean, my character was always in that leather jacket, Reuben. And so, like, that biker jacket was great, but it only lasted about 18 months because every year, year and a half, it would... Like physically stand up on its own and say, "Take us to your leader." And then we were like, "Oh God, there's too much yogurt on the jacket. Get rid of it," and and we would have to get a new one. So at the very end of the of my tenure on the show, uh, the costume designer um, Danielle said, "Hey, do you? I know you're like you're done. Like, do you want to buy the leather jacket you've been wearing for the last two years?" And I was like, "God no, God no. It's nasty, <laughs> nasty, nasty." And then. Just this past year, a fan came up to me or emailed me, and she was like, you will not believe what I got. I got your leather jacket.
2: Yeah,
1: It was like, oh, little baby Beavis, uh, I'm so sorry for the yogurt salad. She's like, is that what that is? This is like 15 years ago, Ruben, and this jacket still reeks.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, the health code... The health department probably showed up at that chick's apartment and gave his jacket a B rating. You know what I'm saying?
0: In addition to uh, rubbing yogurt on each other, you guys also both directed episodes of the show. Is that correct?
2: Uh, not entirely. Polly directed. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I thought you both did.
1: Narvi assistant, assist, uh, Narvi assistant directed, and that is just as good, believe
2: me. Is that right? That is true. I did assistant direct. I wouldn't say it was as good. It certainly is as hard. That's for damn sure. Well,
0: that's what I'm wondering. What are the challenges of directing a show like Power Rangers?
1: Okay, well, here, here's the deal, Jeff. I mean, they, they're they like, okay, it's really nice of you to aspire to directing. Um, it's on. We start tomorrow. Here's the 22 pages you have to do. And, oh, by the way, the Rangers have all been changed into children and you can only work them four hours of your 12-hour day. So the rest of the time, it's going to have to be really bad, tall people standing on their knees. And you're, you can only shoot over the shoulder because you will have lost the children three hours ago. So because of the, you know, damned child labor laws. Pff, <laughs> you know, Damn and, unions. And and in general, the, the major pressures of, of shooting television. Um, but, you know. I only cried twice working on Power Rangers in in literally 16 or 17 years of service, and it was when I was first ading for Shuki, <laughs> yeah. and and when I was directing. Like, but but the first ad thing that that is what made me cry the most because it it's it's, it's it, it, nearly insurmountable, Ruben. Like you can't do it.
2: Like they, they, you gotta. It's like a square hole. It's a round peg. It's like. It's ridiculous. And and get it done quickly, get it done now. Do you realize, Ruben, there are people whose job... I mean, when you talk about your first AD, your second AD, your second, second AD, each person's job is to schedule out just enough crap to make sure the stuff gets there. The the second second has to make sure, uh, starting at 6 a.m. in the morning, let's say on Monday, needs to start looking towards 6 a.m. on Tuesday. Needs to start saying, these are all the things that the director, assistant director, and uh, 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 screenwriter all need by tomorrow morning. I need to find them, I need to make sure they get there. That is then turned off to, to the uh, second AD, who makes sure that they all get to the set on time, who tunes into the first AD, who makes sure it gets in front of the director for the camera, and then the director who finally gets to play the nice uncle. You know, you know when you're in a feature film, Jeff, you can, like, the, the director of photography or the DOP, he
1: can... You know, he can he can rub his chin and play with his beret and smoke cigarettes for, you know, three hours while they're setting up just the little teeny light to kick the, the off the plant or something, you know. But in reality, television kind of – it goes a little something like this. No. It, it kind of goes like this. You set up a scene where you have two rangers talking to each other or two groups of people talking to each other, right? And you set up in the morning. It's 8 o'clock. Set the camera up looking east – and you've got one group of Rangers over there, and then you realize that you haven't even gotten through that side of the
2: coverage, and it's already lunch. And there's the thing. There's at least five Power Rangers, isn't there? So you need Masters, you need Mini Masters, you need close-ups, you might need a reaction shot, and then so, you're going to need to turn so, it
1: around. Yeah. So, so what you learn to do eventually is you don't turn the camera and the crew and all the lights and the trucks around. You... Turn the camera five degrees, keep the same lighting set up, grab two bushes, stick them in the background, grab the other actor, stick them in that spot, switch the side of the camera, the outline is on, and action! Because it doesn't matter. Because, you know, really, it's about the actor in the foreground. So many times we have to cheat the turnaround. And that's those types of efficiencies are, are, are where it's at in television.
0: But all of that stuff is stuff that applies to any TV show with a demanding production schedule. Is there something specific about Power Rangers and all the monsters, and the fact that half of your show is a Japanese television
2: show that you have yeah, no control yeah. over
0: that makes it uh, Ab- especially difficult?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think you just named it all. I mean, you've got an entire second unit that is in full swing as much as a first unit, okay? And everyone on that unit is Japanese. And those are the ones that are going to be doing the costumes and the flips and the stunts and the explosions, okay? Good luck with that. Let's make sure that matches up with the rest of the footage. And action. How did that now, work? Th-
0: just mechanically, from a from like a story perspective, do you have to watch the Japanese episode every week and then write your own episode around it?
1: Originally, yes. yeah. Yes. Well, and in, in fact, even right now, today, like they're in New Zealand, smashing their heads against a desk, trying to shoehorn <laughs> some gig- some gig- stuff <laughs> and and some other season stuff into into a format that will actually make some sense.
2: God. And, and, and I'm sure they're going to do great. So yeah. And, and, dude, Jeff, I got two words for you. Green ranger, green ranger. Okay. How many power rangers are there? Go ahead, Jeff. Ready and go. Five. There's five. five. Okay. Oh yeah. That's exactly what they thought. And they started writing the show and casting the show and filming the show. And then they realized, Oh my God, around sometime around episode. Oh, I don't know. 11 in walks in this guy called the green ranger. Dun, dun,
1: dun. You know what's really kind of messed up about the Green Ranger is that in the Japanese version of the Green Ranger story arc, he kills his parents before before oh. he even enters the show. Yeah. And, of course, we can't do that on Fox. You know what I mean?
0: I, well, I mean, this seems like a crazy idea trying to use – had that been done before using uh, a foreign show as half a year show?
2: I don't think so. I no, think it not. hadn't. I mean, that was their, their innovation, wasn't it? I mean, they it, it was being done in cartoons for years and years. That's for sure. And that was, I think, Haim's great innovation is he put the math together. He said, we, we can't see their mouths. Why, why Why? cannot we do this with American actors? But and, wait a minute. And, and, they, they, the yellow one has a penis. Oh, well, then we, we, what, what we do is we... we um, shoot. Uh, shoot! Shoot! Shoot and shoot. And action! <laughs> action. So that's, that's exactly what they did. It, he actually, before they did even the pilot that Pauly was in with uh, uh, most of the, the original Rangers, Chaim um, had done another test version of it where all they did was take the Japanese show and dubbed it like it was a cartoon. And from that one they realized, no, you know what, we cut it out, we put in American actors when they're not in the suits. You know, this is, this is why, you know, some people always ask, well, are the Power Rangers... Um Hang on, I'm going to wait for that to pass. Are the Power Rangers cap- capable of of doing stunts? Because you never, you know, they you have. The Power Rangers fighting the putties in the parks, but the best stunts are done in costume. The answer to that is yes, the Power Rangers were completely capable of it. David Yost was a, was a wonderful gymnast, and so was Amy Jo Johnson. Um, and, uh, you know, Walt was a great dancer, and he could move really well, so he learned the, the kung fu very quickly. Um, and Jason David Frank, to this day, I wouldn't mess with that man. But the problem was, of course, you know, is this, this whole thing is you need to shoot and shoot fast. Holding, holding, holding for truck. And, and the late,
1: great, tu, 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 Tui Twang... Uh, sorry, Tui Twang. Tu- tui Twang! Tu- tui Twang! She, she was a trained civil engineer before she ever started in the Power Rangers. That was our original Yellow Ranger. May she rest in peace. And so she would be like, hmm, that, that whole rig you built, that's going to fall down. I and then not know it, was a civil it, engineer. Yeah, no, it, she was... She, she really tried to keep it under wraps because... You know she didn't want to offend the grips <laughs>
2: <laughs> she was a sweet gal i gotta tell you Tui was she was she so was awesome. sweet she, she, she'd she'd make your cavities hurt i mean
0: it's cool that you guys have obviously maintained such a close friendship over the years do you still keep in touch with these other cast members
2: yeah, yeah. some of them yeah we definitely do uh you know and, and some of them closer than others you know um you know we talked to cat Catherine sutherland uh on a regular basis uh johnny young boss i've been on the show with 75 power rangers
0: <laughs> Wait, no
2: oh, totally go, you know it's like it's like a high school reunion hey there you whose name i don't remember good to see sure.
1: you buddy good to see you yeah. uh, Hello, my, hey my dear how are you i'm good what's my name uh, uh well, it's not like we dated
0: uh, do you have any idea how many episodes you've been on
1: yes Ooh. how many uh, for for me, oh. I I, be, I believe that I am at uh, three hundred
2: twenty. Wow! No, 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 you're higher than that, man. Really? No, no, yeah, you are. Because uh, how I,
1: high? How high am I?
2: So high, Paul. You must have done probably closer to about four hundred and ten. I'm going to say that. I'm going to throw that out there.
0: It's great that it's you're. It's fifty off. That's like uh, two full <laughs>
1: seasons of uh, of most shows. Yeah, give or take. At, at a yeah. certain point, Ruben, it turns into a fugue. You know what I mean? It's like... It
2: it's <laughs> just keeps going and going and going and going and going. <laughs> for God's sakes, how many weeks are there in the year? How many years are there in one's life? That's how many episodes we've done. Bingo. It sounds like a grueling schedule, though. Oh, it, it was hard, No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay, think of it this way. You shoot for 12 hours, right? That doesn't include getting to the set. That doesn't include getting into your wardrobe. And getting into makeup, or, or getting, getting out home, <laughs> or getting home, you know. So really, you're giving—I don't know 14, 15 fifteen-hour days are, are pretty much the common thing. And then on weekends, on weekends, you're going through and you're doing looping ADR, you know, fixing uh, the audio from damaged tracks, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so it—it it, it, it is your life. When you're when you're
1: working in in really hardcore low budget episodic television, there is a reason why y- uh, the rabbits. End up spawning little children is because there's nobody else to hang out with. You, you, like you finish the day at eleven thirty, and you you look at the eighty zombified souls around you, and there's you know two people that want to fight for their right to party, and you're like, oh uh, hey, you want to go have seventeen beers before midnight? And they're all yeah, <laughs> let's go. And then you end up married, and you're like, I'm, <laughs>
2: you know, so.
1: So that was the truly hard thing about it is that, you know, you, people joke uh, about the insular nature of television and how, you know, actors who, you know, are successful in television, they kind of like have the meltdown, you know, the Jen, Michael, Vincent crawl into the bottle, you know, and then fly the helicopter kind of thing. well. That's because there's no time for anything else. No, and and, and, and everyone else who might have been your friend three years ago when you started this gig, like they've given up on you. Like they're gone. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so your you life changes. Yeah, you're looking at the worst decision makers around you. Like, hey, hey, you with kind of the drug problem. Hey, let's party. And <laughs> like, oh, okay, so so that's honestly one of the harder things for me is, it, it, and also exiting that, uh, Ex- yeah. exiting the cocoon. Of production, it's it's tough because you start calling up your old friends and they're like, "Oh, we thought you died, man." Yeah, or hey, we thought you were too good
2: for us now. No, uh, no, 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 no. no.
1: Oh, Sammy, don't say it, Sammy girl. So why? Oh God, Sorry. I mean,
2: I looked
0: at the uh, episode list for the show. There's like 60 episodes in the first season. I was like, how is that even mathematically possible? It's more than one a week.
2: Exactly. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's two like a soap weeks. opera. Yeah, True. we we, we started off two and a half, uh, and then we ended up with two. One every, wait, two a week? No.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. well so, so, some of them got broke up into, into multis. And, and don't forget, back in the day, we called it the dope opera.
2: Yeah. The dope opera. What did that
0: mean?
1: Well, we're dopes, and we are in it. it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Something else Not- that came up when I went to the webpage is that, apparently, at some point, there was a bulk-and-skull pilot. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. but yeah. it, it yeah. never got shot, because um, de- uh, focus group testing uh, told our friends at Saban... That people didn't care if it didn't have Rangers. I mean, like yeah. there was there was a, there was a kind of component of the adult audience, yeah. and some of the older you know people that watch the show.
0: Uh, is there a large adult audience for Power Rangers?
2: Well, there uh, was
1: our characters.
2: Yeah, we and that's we always saw it that way. Look, parents are going to be watching it with their kids. We'll we'll you know give the, the parents something to look at. You know. Um, and again, this comes back to the idea of demographics, you know, the idea of kind of adult comic books that was kind of looked at as a kind of strange anomaly at that point. You know, remember, people were screaming bloody murder um, when Batman was wearing black with the Michael Keaton version. That was only a couple years before Power Rangers. Power Rangers, yeah. I
0: remember being somewhat controversial because of all the violence.
2: Hugely controversial because Absolutely. of the violence. Yeah, you know? no, no doubt. They didn't have live action TV to kids. There's no rubric. Again, you know, I don't want to make it sound like we're pioneers, but we are making mistakes because we're doing it for the very first time. You know, Davy Davy Crockett, Crockett, moron in the wilderness. Well, oh, actually, that's a great example, Davy Crockett, right there. You could get away with that in the 50s. Nobody stopped to think that in the 90s, that's the coming of the sort of the, the more touchy feely. Let's let's be very careful in PC era. Right. So right. violence could no longer be looked at as a sort of you know. Fun sort of thing that that uh, young boys and girls do with the cap guns they buy at Disneyland. Well, our our show fun. is the our show is the baptism of for the
1: American audience into the, the the this this is this is the cost we pay for bombing the Japanese in World War Two. We <laughs> and, 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 no, I'm not kidding. No, this is true because oh yeah, ever, like ever since the war. Their pop culture has been completely like apocalyptic, sadomasochistic, cruel, weird, freaky, deaky, and that's because when when somebody vaporizes a couple of cities in your country, it, there there's a shift in the national psyche. You know what I mean? And, and 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 we kind of kind of have to deal with that in a way.
2: I remember you saying that a few times. You said, "Look." drop a couple of atomic bombs in a culture and see what it does to their outlook
1: well and 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 then and then the stark irony is oh guess what red rum you get it now now you gotta make it work right man in america which is like so i mean mean, go back to red ranger kills his parents i mean sorry, green ranger kills ranger you know that's that's just like when i heard that i was like oh my god that is so cool oh my god we can't do that
2: yeah
0: were there other storylines that you couldn't do for various reasons?
2: Well, I do remember there was there was there was a, a Power Ranger uh, storyline with, um, and I, I really don't remember what the actual storyline was, but I remember the footage of it was Power Rangers being crucified. So,
1: yeah, I remember. Hey, Narvi, did you, well, why did you crawl under your rock already? Your voice sounds
2: different. Oh, I, I stepped into uh, they, <laughs> they kicked <laughs> me out of Starbucks. <laughs> and uh, they're closing it up, so I stepped into my car, but if I'm trying, oh. uh, no, I'll step great. back out. I'll go back out to my street. I'm back out on my street corner now. It, sounds, <laughs> it sounded fine before, too. Oh, did it? Oh, thanks, Paulie. Thanks. So, so Jeff, did, did you're, you're, you're really
1: cutting to the heart of the matter. You, do you have any more, like, really edgy questions for us?
0: <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm interested in the role. I don't know. Were, were these edgy? Were these very edgy questions? No, <laughs> oh, well, I mean you know
1: in, in the latter part of our little you know nuanced interaction here for sure. I mean I mean you you know what you want to ask. I mean, I mean at least you haven't asked the really uncomfortable questions.
0: What's the really uncomfortable questions about Power Rangers?
1: Why did the Power Rangers quit the show? Why did you change your cast? Yeah. Why
0: did? You, you know. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you kind of talked about why they changed the cast. I mean, it's been on for twenty years. I think that's something. Uh, I think that's like you can get assume why. I don't know. I'm not interested in like dirt. I want to know what it's like to be Bulk and Skull to have this really unique role on uh, this legendary
1: show. Well, I tell you what, I mean, being caught up in the maelstrom of pop culture and having it happen around you, um, the, like there, there was an Elvis factor, you know, that like we did this Universal Studios thing in, at, at Universal Studios in Hollywood and we you know, walked out on stage at the Universal Amphitheater, 20,000 people in the audience and a sea of flashbulbs engulf every part of not only your vision, but your peripheral vision. And I look over at the skinny guy and I'm like, I'm going to have, I'm going to choke on my tongue right now. Like, I I, I I can't even say my line. Like, so like, how, what was it like? It was a blessing to have such a wonderful partner. And, and it was, and it was damn good timing and, and, and a really, uh, a, a very strong vision, a, a vision of fidelity, uh for for Haim Saban to stay committed to the show, to sell Margaret at Fox, to have her son, thank God, like it, and and to have us be number one worldwide in two weeks. And and uh, you know, there's so few uh you know actors out there get to live uh the that the thing that they seek. And and don't get me wrong, every one of you, unrequited geniuses out there in the world uh, you know, I I I am I will carry your bags anytime because you know I, I'm kind of you know s- slack jawed half ass kind of d- a dork that's that stumbled into a really good thing and and then uh, and then took it seriously enough to keep it going for a long time. I I think Narvi and
2: I both feel very fortunate. Absolutely, I mean, and think of it this way: think about getting what you wanted in the humblest of ways. We 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 got. Um, we got, like Pauly said, we got the kinds of uh, acting partners that you, you only dream of getting after being in the industry for 20 years. You a know, yeah, oh, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, normally that kind of bitterness has to grow over a generation <laughs> or so. <laughs> 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 you know, and to start off with that, and you know, it's, people always say, you know, uh, ask us about, oh, you know, you guys, it was a, such a big show. What about all the money? Well, the, I think fortunately for us, we didn't have the big money. What we realized we had was great relationships, that we had a great career, that we had good work to be had. We didn't have great money. It was perfect. We were young guys and girls doing what we wanted for a living, for, hey, for, me, me, for a small tell time. You,
1: you know, I'm not allowed to tell you what we actually made in the first season on the show, but I'll tell you this. If you worked full-time at Starbucks as a starting employee, you made $20 less than we made on the Power Rangers for the first
2: two years.
0: I imagine there's a lot of... Do you guys get recognized? You're you're both somewhat distinct-looking.
2: Hey! (laughs) Hey, that's his way to say we're freaking ugly, Polly. No, no,
0: you're you're these iconic characters, and you mentioned this before, you're both, um, you know, archetypes,
1: so... Yeah, I get recognized by all my bartenders, so like, hey, you're bulk! I'm like, make it a double sucker.
2: (laughs) You only get recognized at the moment where you don't want to. You know, you're picking up the dog poop, and suddenly, hey, you're the guy from Power Rangers! Hey, pick up dog poop now, do you, huh? Yeah, me. You're the guy. You're the guy, you're that the that guy, because there's only one. Hey, where's that other guy? Where's that other guy? Hey, where's that other guy? You know what? It's funny, but I had to kill him and bury him <laughs> in the bottom of the East River. why do you ask, sir?
1: <laughs> you, know, you know what I sa- you know, I've said for years now? Everything, people are like, where's Skull? I just, like, two beat paws, no, 1.75 beat paws, and then he's dead, straight face.
2: <laughs> <laughs> people are like, oh my god, oh, really? My god. I'm like, no, he's dead to me. He's dead to me. I don't care about him anymore. That's funny, dude. (laughs) Here is
0: an uncomfortable question. I'm sure that there are all types of fans of Power Rangers, young and old. Are there a lot of of legal age female Power Ranger fans that, like, are aggressive with you guys?
1: (laughs) Aggressive with us? I I, I get hit on a lot by whale lovers and not female. (laughs) Really? Oh, dude. Please. Hey, I didn't you know, it's it's a damn shame that WhaleRider.com went offline cuz it was a really great shot of my ass on that site.
2: Oh, that's too bad. That's a shame. That is that is like that is like losing a national treasure,
1: right? You dad. know, you know uh, uh, when I when I told my gay dad, um, you know, that I was on WhaleRider.com, like he, there, there was a, there was a, there was a pride in him. And, and then a horror, and then a pride and then a shame.
2: <laughs> that, no, those are the emotions I usually go through on a daily basis every time I wake up. Absolutely.
1: Narvi is (laughs) by far the more potent sexual beast out of the two of us. I mean, look at him. I mean, just... Look at me. God, look at him. Swimming with sharks when
2: you get in the pool with me.
1: What is Whale Rider? (laughs) You
0: know, sadly... Because I thought you were kidding, but then I started to think that you weren't making that up.
1: No, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm sure the former webmaster of Whale Rider might chime in on your forum and... And send you the picture. Yeah, i sure he, 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 he does so every week. M- m- mum's the word, but, you know, I'm sure you can find a cached copy of Whale Rider somewhere, Ruben. I'm
0: not sure if I want to look for it or not, but uh, I'll... Well, I'll do you
1: ask,
2: Ruben? P- what do you p- ask? Pinto p- profundo. <laughs> Maybe well, it's good, good it. for Christmas. You'll have a little something out of the tree. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, my God. <laughs> turn it off.
0: Turn it off. <laughs> Maybe Sorry. that is a good place to transition to the fact that uh, Jason, you have a PhD. That's correct. So uh, at, after you left Power Rangers, you became a doctor. Yes. Well No. Well, you got your doctorate.
2: I got my PhD in theater studies. Uh, I went on uh, to study Shakespeare for uh, about two years to get my master's. Um, when I when I left the show, you know, I was kind of re-examining myself. You know, um, I loved the acting, but as I said before, I I, I didn't ever think what next i always thought i'd be struggling as an actor for years and years um and it was okay now what um i wasn't convinced that i was using myself you know my talents properly i wasn't sure that i was focused i mean ask paulie i was well you you were
1: you were you were getting used
2: yes i was getting used that's for damn sure so so an experience like that will make you say okay what what am i doing here what is important to me and so when i went to college uh i found that I believed really strongly in higher ed. I mean, I loved higher ed. Um, don't get me wrong, man. I got my I got myself kicked around and kicked out of junior high and high school, so I, I didn't have a love for you know the public school system. But higher <laughs> education, I love this this think tank. I found. Uh, 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 a group of people that were committed to their art to their their study to their sciences and just loved it and breathed it 24 seven I said fucking hey man this is something I can dedicate my life to and not throw the baby out with the bathwater because I believe firmly in 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 theater and acting and all the stuff good stuff that Paulie and I had had explored together and developed together and I'm like man this this needs to this has to not die and so i needed a way to fold the two in the phd was the way to do it. it
1: it's so rare Narv, for for somebody in our vocation to actually get their desire so early in their career yeah and 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 then you kind of had like this kind of like this uh, this oppos- this opposition reaction where you you realized that you didn't want to just be a pseudo intellectual anymore you needed yeah. to be a bona fide suitor.
2: I need needed validation, just just like you said about. I remember Paulie saying this when I was when I was eighteen, and doing you know a bunch of theater, and my parents were supportive and you know suspicious and a little bit scared that you know I'm working <laughs> at Ford and taking classes at Lee Strasburg. And I remember Pauly saying back then, he's like, "Dude, it's great that you got this show now. It helped validate you that you were right, and that you've got something to go with." Look at Paulie. he's like a mentor to me. Um, but you know, <laughs> that's the thing, and and I think. And I think you felt this too, Paulie. We we felt that we had arrived, but we didn't quite have the clout or, or any way to go further forward with it. We we kind of didn't know what to do with, you know. We you, we knew that we worked well together, and we knew that we had a commodity. We didn't have the oomph that it would take to produce something that was ours because we knew we couldn't continue to work for anybody else, however good or bad they were. We needed our own vision.
1: Absolutely, because legally and contractually. Uh, there would have been a cease and desist, like slapped on our foreheads, within thirty seconds if we did anything beyond, you know, of mice and men or Hamlet again.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, Paul, what have you done uh, outside Power Rangers? What have I done?
2: Good who Lord, I... what hasn't he done?
1: Who, who have I? Who have I done? What have I done? What are you uh, up to? <clears throat> I'm somewhat secretive about my uh, <laughs> about my about my current Lenny. You know, you know what? I'm like Chuck Barris working for the CIA. <laughs> um uh, in in the in, since the year 2000 when I left the Power Ranger series the first time I uh, spent four years uh, sweating under Joe Giuliano at the feature animation camera department at the Walt Disney animation Studios cool that sounds fun I counted <laughs> I counted a lot of frames and and brandy made me give away a lot of chocolate and then and and I, and I served coffee like a pro and and then um Uh, I did a couple years on a uh, something called Project Tomorrowland, in which uh, we were uh, the company was focused on putting ten thousand accountants out of work worldwide, and so we implemented the SAP back of house business process software. And then after two years of that, they unceremoniously rolled me off, and I was fortunate uh, to join an amazing team. And I am creative director at Gentle Giant Studios currently, and have been there for eight years.
0: What is Gentle Giant Studios?
1: But well, what am I?
2: Google, get a book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, while well, I got you here, no, I'm not. I'm not going to answer that question <clears throat> because <clears throat> you know what? Look, I, I'm giant and I'm gentle, and and so therefore, um, uh, we get to make really cool stuff. Um, and and obviously, since I'm on Power Ranger Samurai currently, I've had two jobs for the last two years, which has been a little weird. Good lord. Yeah. And
2: here, here's the thing, Paulie. Uh, Paulie is one of those people that if he never went into acting, if he never went into anything creative, he would be a great leader. He is great at at uh, uh, pushing a a business forward. I mean, he's got all the makings of greatness. For God's sake,s he would be the best damn producer that I that I know. So, General Giant, dude, if I would never would have been an actor um,
1: for vocation, I, I would have for the rest of my di- days uh, truly acted every day like I didn't want to choke the shit out of people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which would have been your best acting role ever, for God's sake. So with Gentle Giant, Paulie is kind of the, the guy who, who, he is the artist uh, who helps the artist make what Gentle Giant makes, quite frankly. I think that's well the easiest way to say it. Well put. What does Gentle Giant make? Everything. Stuff. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want? We'll make it for you. What do you like? How much you got?
1: you want you want a giant king kong you want uh tonto lone ranger busts you want uh some 3d scans from all of the harry potter movies dude seriously imdb general giant studios and the list is it's
2: it's 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 retorted
0: so wait it's retorted. like it's like props for movies it's like art well
2: it's like this it's basically yeah it's art it's it's three dimensional pop culture art whether it's stuff whether it's a giant King Kong that's standing over tower records on Hollywood Boulevard or even a Christmas ornament. That's got Boba Fett (laughs) giant, Creates
1: Adler, these things, C- the Kurt Adler Company, New York, New York, and <laughs> and and these days, these days we have we have our hands in a lot of fine art stuff. We are very fortunate uh, to work with my nemesis, uh <clears throat> Robert Williams, mm-hmm. um, the uh, creator of Juxtapose Magazine, as well as uh, Brian Donnelly, also known as Cause, coming out of New York with his amazing uh tonal, uh, barely legal riffs on other people's characters and. And we get to work with a lot of the really big galleries around the world. We've got a piece going into the lobby of the London Film Museum in a few weeks that's uh, designed uh, by uh, by my captain, uh, Carl Meyer. And there's a lot of really cool stuff happening. And so basically I I facilitate for uh, really great art directors. I facilitate art directors that are better than me and make sure that they have their assets, and make sure that we don't uh, piss clients off twice in a row.
0: Man, I bet that's something that came up all the time on Power Rangers. There is so much like random weapons and monsters and good costumes God. and stuff on Power the show. Power
2: Rangers is so, is so product-driven. I didn't even realize it until I watched it. Uh, I was at my friend's house, and his mom was watching the show with us. And with the, the moment where the Power Rangers take their weapons and create the bigger weapon, she's like, good God, says, it's a commercial for the weapon. Like no, it's not she goes, yeah it is look there's a freeze frame of the one toy then there's a freeze frame of the second toy latching onto the third toy, then there's a freeze frame of all the toys come together. It literally was a commercial for the toys I Went, yeah yeah a bitch. like that Wall- never
0: occurred to you while you were on Power Rangers
2: never occurred to me
0: you know Again, Wall- bulk and skull
1: yeah where where's the toys at
0: yeah were there ever any bulk and skull toys? oh yeah, yeah, are you guys in any of the video games
2: yeah um, we did a couple we did a couple yeah. of the. the like, uh, Interstitial stuff. Yeah, exactly.
0: You guys should be like mini games in between the main levels. That's I right. Going exactly. down. That's exactly. what I'm
2: saying. Play yeah. me, baby. Play me. That's that's. <clears> but <throat>
0: it at- would be everyone's favorite part of the game. It'd be the part of the game that everyone remembers. You know, like Amen. the football level in the Tiny Tune Super Nintendo. Yeah, game.
1: exactly. Like like, like, <laughs> like. Don't hose the Pasadena Convention Center with whipped cream.
2: But oh, oh. Womp, 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 womp. Oh lawsuit! It's funny
0: you, you made the noise. That's like you guys on that show. You, it's very like Mickey Mousey, where like every step you take is like a womp, 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 womp. Are you are you aware of that when you, when you're like filming it? Well, well um,
1: Ron Ron kind of did that, right, Narv? Yeah, yeah, Ron did that. Who's Ron? You, uh, uh, R- Ron Wasserman, the uh, the the uh, the composer. Uh, right after Shuki, who the composer that did all the real work, you know. Uh, On the show, like we we were pulling so many cues off of each other, Jeff, uh, that were very subtle, physical, vocal breath cues that we had to do big moves so that we could sync up the big reactions together because they wanted it bigger, bigger, bigger. And so it was a natural kind of progression. And at the end, it did get a little bit like long. Yeah. You
2: know, look at I, and again, Disney took it a step further when they uh, started re-airing the old Power Rangers. They started adding in literally like Batman-esque bam splat. Biff kind of stuff. It was terrible.
0: That's interesting. They re-edited old episodes of Power Rangers? They did.
2: Oh, they put graphics yeah. in them. Literally oh, wow. graphics. Giant graphics that would say Biff. Or like the food fight one, Skull Yells Food Fight. And they had the words Food Fight come out of my mouth. Food Fight! There's it's not, it's not cheesy so enough. We'd yeah, do- Power Rangers yeah, is a very exactly. subtle
0: show. It needs yeah. to, some of it needs it, to be spelled out. I, Disney also did that with... Um, these, like, classic Disney cartoons. They took these, and they took them, and it was, like, cartoon kablam. And it's, like, these classic, classic Disney cartoons. And they added, like, voiceover where they were like, uh-oh, look out, Goofy,
2: kablam! That, those voices that you're talking about that, that are added in later... Anytime you see a movie where you think you can actually hear one of those voices in the back of your head, anytime you picture all the guys around the boardroom discussing how a scene should go. And there's 20 of those people deciding how that committee is going to turn out. You're watching something that's going to be mediocre right there, baby.
1: Art by committee. Go back to the Soviet epoch. If if you failed, um, they airbrush the top part of your body out of the family Christmas picture, but your feet stay in.
0: (laughs) That's interesting that they recognize though, that it's, twenty-year-old uh, show, and that they may need to update it a little bit uh, yeah. in certain regards.
2: But that's that, that right there is an admission of defeat, isn't it? They're <laughs> like, I mean, come on. They're like, ah, oh, this this twenty-year-old thing is not going to work for new audiences. Doctor, leave Naughty. it at that. Leave you it right there. For, you and you and your opinions. But, <laughs> I'm not saying but the
0: new ones still work. So the show must have changed in some way. The show must have evolved to the point um, where it still works, and they don't need to do anything to the newer episodes, and it's still popular.
1: Well, it's it, it's it's now actually Jeff returned to its true custodian, Jonathan Sakhor and Chaim Saban, where these guys know the show. They the the fact that the Samurai season harkens back so strongly to the MNPR days of the show, um, and and you know, to varying degrees of success, admittedly. However. We, uh, uh, th- there is there is how does it
0: harken back? I'm not familiar with samurai, so how does it harken back to the? Well, uh,
1: it, it's there's a spirit of fun. There is an immediacy to the action. There's a it, simplicity there, to it. It it is, sim- it is it is simplicity. We're they're not trying to do Star Trek light, you know, and that's really what those Disney years became. It was like you know somebody who's not bald yet saying engage. Oh wait, boing boing boing. You know you know and the leading cast trying to do the humor. Like it was nice. To have a couple of seasons where we could just have a couple of dumb guys and and our heroes just rocking it, you know. So so definitely after after um, Chaim thankfully got the show back from Disney. And hey, look, Jermaine, I love you, but you know what I mean. It's like the Disney brand and the Power Rangers brand, like the whole violence, the legacy of the violence. It just it didn't work. And 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 they and I think everybody was happy to see it come back, like 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 a shoomerang.
2: You know, well, that's I mean, think about it. how many shows movies are getting, you know, uh, rebooted, complete reboots. But the reboots are always going back to what the original was. They they get rid of all the veneer. They strip it down to the metal and and, you know, recast it and show it again. That's what Power Rangers kind of needs. And Samurai kind of does do that. You know what I'm saying? It it reboots the thing.
1: Well, you know what people have been talking about lately? And of course, every fan is going to start nodding vigorously to neck injury as I say this is people want to see the dark reboot. People want to see yeah. the I have a mortgage reboot. Like I yeah. want to see people in pain reboot. I want yeah. Kimberly back. I want Kimberly. So, you know, like, and, and I think if if my friends at Saban Brands um, have their ear to the rail, they will uh, they will take this cue in the next two years and you'll see a bit of a darker turn uh, in the show. But
2: Exactly. It's all about understanding that there is a demographic that is no longer 3 to 11, that loves Power Rangers, but has seen all the old ones and wants to see new with, with their new aesthetic. I and mean, they're Jeff, other- for and kids, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jeff, yeah. what would you think of a new dark reboot of Power Rangers? I'm darker. interested.
0: I'm definitely interested. I got to admit, I'd be curious what that would be like. Do you guys think that Power Rangers uh, could work under that format with that tone? Oh,
2: absolutely. Like we said, even, even the primordial soup that came out of Japan had the darker side to it. You know what I'm saying? So I think okay. it absolutely can. Do
0: you think kids can handle that?
2: <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. We're talking about a different demographic. I, I agree. It's It's tough. We don't. You're not going to be no, showing Dark Knight to little kids. I'm not, yeah, well,
0: I don't know. Like, I'm trying to. Th- I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying they couldn't. I think uh, they maybe well, could I mean, have here, Here's on exactly the problem. I
1: mean, like, you're hamstrung because again, it is the number one kids' property in the world. Number one people, and yeah. so there's a certain kind of you know. Uh, think about a dance now. Like, there, there's, yeah. there's there's a high kind of mantle that you've now got with Nickelodeon, mm. and hey, I, like I love Nick. I love the venue. I love the worldwide reach. I love the. They awesome. understand
2: their audience, man. They oh, know they their audience. Yeah. Awesome. They, really re- they respect their audience. Yeah.
0: Very true. Very true.
2: And so, yeah, I think
1: like that is the biggest obstacle, which leads us to a conversation that Jason and I have had several times of last year, which yeah. is um, straight to net or or, or digital release um, featurettes, where you go ninety minutes. It's it's enough to keep you entertained on a Friday. And and you kind of bring back one of the three hundred X Rangers, and you do yeah. you answer some questions from the past, or you sew some stuff up.
2: It's or- an offshoot of the original spine, but it it, it does not alter the current storyline. It, it kind of walks parallel to it.
1: Yeah. So why don't you walk that upstairs,
0: Michael
2: Madnick? Take it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Could there be a darker Bulk and Skull plotline? What would happen to them?
2: Well, Bulk <laughs> and Skull. I mean, they, there was a dark plotline running in the back of their heads all season. <laughs> <laughs> So you probably get to see what they were
1: thinking. <laughs> okay, Ruben, check this out. Like there was like 7 or 8 times during the course of our 10-year original incarnation on the series when like Narvi and I would go, "All right, how many Jesus jokes can we work into this episode?" Mm, okay, none. <laughs> oh, okay. How how about the next one? And so, like literally there are there are secret moments. It's kind of like a geocache. There are moments in the show where we do very subtle humor, physical humor that if you watch closely, we're trying to work in a gag that is somewhat religiously kind of toned.
2: A lot of Pontius pilot washing the hand gags.
1: Th- th- yes,
2: thank you very much.
1: Hey, my man, don't give it away. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Oh, hell, I didn't want to be a nun anyway.
2: Woo. I don't want to be a nun anyway. Suck on that one, P.T. Anderson. A lot of embedded stuff. If you watch all the old DVDs again, you will find these little you know, things in there. There's,
1: there's another example of that. Like, you know, Goldar picks up the bus. Episode, you know, whatever, in the first season when, you know, scripted was... Skull, I want my uh, no bulk. I want my mommy skull. Yeah, I yeah. want mommy. Oh.
2: Come on, my mom. dude, that's hilarious.
1: Yeah. So I mean, we we reached against the machine a little bit where we could,
2: where we could, and occasionally got through editing.
0: That's awesome. For me, it was fun to revisit Power Rangers and uh, look back at some of the episodes. If someone's like me and they haven't seen the show in a while. What episodes, what would you recommend? Like, what do you think is the most uh, rewarding Power Rangers in, uh, if you're going back and you're catching up?
1: Ooh, man, that's <laughs> a tough one. I, I'm going to tell you, c- commit to watching one MMPR episode every yeah. day for 40 days. It's kind of like Moses. <laughs> 40 days, 40 nights.
2: And it will wash away your sins, actually. Whoa, that's amazing. It will absolve you. It will absolve you of sins. Like going up the steps of Saint Scala. It will absolve you of your sins.
1: Well, I mean, if it if it does for you what it did for me, it'll wash away your chins, because when you're <laughs> you know, when you're hauling ass around Castaig Lake all day, you know, yeah, like it's it's hard to state that. So um do me a favor, um, people, if you if you ever enjoyed Vulcan Skull dorks, go back and watch MNPR. And then tune into Power Rangers Mega next year on Nickelodeon.
0: Year. <laughs> Power Rangers Mega is the one that's coming up.
1: Mega Rangers, man.
0: And what uh, event are you guys doing? What like events you guys uh, have coming up with oh the Falcons Skull tour.
1: Dude, there are there's like twenty different conventions that we're doing. We yeah, are I don't working remember at this moment. No, we're, we're we're working with our um with our our dangerous assistant sidekick slash manager <laughs> Rob Zikowski. We call him Rob Z. I thought you were going to
0: say Lieutenant Stone for a second. Oh, no. Hey, Greg, Doug, you're our manager. <laughs> Greg, Doug, Greg, Doug. <laughs> I
2: haven't heard that one in a long time. Good oh, God. Greg, Greg Bullock was a wonderful guy. Greg Bullock guy. was awesome, but he looked like he, his name should have been Doug. So for the first, I think, week that he was on the set, we're like, hey, wh- wh- where's Doug? You mean Greg? Greg, Doug, whatever. So, dude, he, dude, I did it to his
1: face, and he was like, "Uh, Paul, my, my name is um Greg, not Doug. I was like, oh, how about Greg Doug? Is that all right? He he hates us. <laughs> He hates us. It's, to be, it's tough to be a straight guy next to these two jerks.
0: Well, where can you uh, get the tour dates? Where Where can people look it up?
2: We're going to start well, posting them on, on, on our uh, on our personal web pages. That Also known as the Facebookery.
1: And where are those? Like, how can people get there? Oh, man. I don't know the address. How about uh, f- <laughs> Facebook.com, Jason, Narvi, and Paul Schreier?
0: Got it. You just go to Facebook. Is that my before.
1: name? You know, yeah. I
0: don't know mine either. I'm always just like, and eh, there's a
1: Facebook fan page. You figure Thank it out. God. Well, actually, your rap name is...
2: Jarub Jarub I don't feel like a Jarub
1: No like Not you I mean Ruben
2: Oh I I see
0: Jarub is a little close to Jarul Don't you think
1: I, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, everybody's riffing off of something, man. Like, I like I like the, <laughs> like the Ruben Cube, but that is derivative in itself.
0: Oh, the Ruben Cube—that's pretty good. Thank
1: you, Thank you very much. Because guess what? You're so square right now. You don't even know what's going on.
0: Oh my God, that's that is me. That's me. I'm the Ruben Cube. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, guys, uh, this was—it's such a pleasure to talk to you guys. It's, I think it's so cool that you guys. Um, I don't know. It was these these iconic parts uh, in this very unique show, and it's it's a really cool piece of a uh, pop culture history.
2: Well, I'm glad you like it, man. I'm I, I'm I appreciate you reaching out. It was I had a lot of fun with you today, and we will do this again. I think maybe in your neighborhood next. <laughs> time.
0: Yeah, we'll just we'll have a reunion.
2: Ooh, yeah, we'll have a reunion, baby. We'll have a reunion.
0: Well, thank you so much for doing it. It was Thanks, a blast. Man. But
2: I keep in touch. Jeff. Later, bro. <laughs> That is it for this
0: week's Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I put up new episodes on every Tuesday except... The first Tuesday of the month, which means that I am off next week, but I will return in two weeks. You can stay up on all of your Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show needs, all your Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show news. If you follow me on Twitter, where I am at Jeff Rubin Show, you can find me on Tumblr at JeffRubinJeffRubin.com. You can find me on Facebook. We talked about how to do that during the episode, so you already know about that one. You know, this episode uh, started because I posted a poll on my Facebook fan page, and I asked who you guys wanted to hear on the show. And one of the top answers was someone from Power Rangers So that Facebook fan page its kind of a two-way street uh, I'm sending information to you, but you guys are helping me too And that goes for Twitter, you can tweet me, you can email me Where I am Jeff Rubin at jeffrubinshow.com I'd love to hear from you, I try to write back to everyone And of course there is youtube.com slash jeffrubin jeffrubin I'll be back in two weeks, got some really exciting episodes planned for November I'll see you there, bye